Hello, and welcome to a Pair of Dice Lost podcasting channel. My name is Brendan, and I'll be your storyteller for the evening. When last we left the group, they were still settling into the Van Zandt Estate in Alabama, New York. Cass, after spending some time with First, noticed a mysterious man walking towards the estate. Just who is he, and why is Leonard bleeding and Marcy crying? These questions and more will be answered on tonight's episode of Exalted vs. World of Darkness, Friendly Neighborhood Exalts, Episode 23, Gimme Three Steps. This guy goes up to the door and knocks on the door. Glenny, you happen to be uh, jumping down the stairs like a small child uh, on Christmas Eve as there comes a knock on the door. Uh, we'll immediately just open the door. As it, checking the people, nothing. Okay. As that you open up the door, you see the scruffy, bedraggled, and kind of stinky face of Terry in front of you. Oh, hey, bud. How, how'd you get to this side of town? I'm, I'm glad to see you, bud. How are you doing? Lenny, Lenny, you're not going to believe what that I've been doing, what I've had to go through, the places that I had to do things in to find out where you lived. I can only imagine. Uh, you didn't, you didn't by chance find yourself in the Empire State Building, did you? Oh, yeah, bud. I was actually going to talk to you about that. I wanted to thank you for saving me. Yeah, anytime. Um, well, come on in. It's, you're probably cold, ain't you? Yeah, 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 it's real cold. He, uh, he's walking in, he's in basically just hobo clothes. Can I get you a change of clothes? Something, uh, something fresh to wear? You hungry? Oh, I'm always hungry, I'm always hungry. How's your dumpster looking? So, I would assume that we have a compost bin having an Earth-aspected sister. Uh, you most certainly do. Uh, speaking of Earth-aspected sister, guess who just, uh, is about to flying dropkick Terry? Yeah... I mean, Cass did warn them, warn them over the radio that someone was approaching that she didn't know. Yeah. Beautiful. For the sake of the scene, I am, however, going to say that uh, Ava comes uh, barreling at, uh, over the railing of the third floor of the house and goes to dropkick the Terry. And Terry just kind of goes, oh, holy crap. Is that an espresso maker 3000 and just wanders into your kitchen, completely dodging the uh, the hit that was coming his way? <laughs> Ava, you've met Terry, right? Leonard, what, what are you talking about? I don't know any of your friends from, from New York. Who is this old, who is this hobo that you've dragged in here? Oh, this is Terry. He's my best friend. He, uh... He, we met at the soup kitchen I volunteer at. He tells me all of these great, wonderful things about what goes on in the city. And gives me insider information, like worms rotting the apple. And just wait till I tell you about the big whites. And the bloop. Uh, you can see as that uh, Terry has made his way inside and to the espresso machine, he has opened up the hopper and begun eating the espresso beans raw. Why? Uh, so, um, Christina, as the cast follows in stealthily as hell, you, on the other hand, see something completely different. This man has wandered over to the espresso machine and is fixing it? We're fine fixing it. Uh, it looks like that he's opened up the machine parts of it and has gone into it with a wrench and is uh, doing something to it. They see someone eating espresso beans. I see someone fixing the espresso machine. Correct. Uh, anyone who is in the... Uh, anyone anyone is welcome to come in on this scene, by the way. Do I see Terry, or do I see someone else? You see someone else. Okay, so I don't even know that he's pretending to be Terry. No, you do not. Cool. I'm gonna go up to him and look at him. Hey, who the hell are you? Oh, you, you've met Terry? Yeah, I've met Terry. I don't know who this guy is. It's Terry. No, no, it's not. Not Terry looks over to Leonard and then to Cass. And Lenny, you see uh, Terry uh, scoop uh, an entire handful of espresso beans into his mouth and say something along the lines of, You can believe me, my buddy will be friends. 
It, it's it's the water spirit, isn't it? Cass, uh, you hear something completely different. Okay. Uh, what the Cass hears is, hey, I don't blow your fucking cover. Don't blow mine. I'm working a gig here. Cass just gives him a look. Because I assume she doesn't know that the thing with LARPing, that she can see through it and other people can't. Listen here, I didn't blow your fucking cover when you were Professor Reese. Can you, so can you like help me out here a little bit? I'm gonna look really hard at him and I don't recognize him at all. You do not recognize, um, mm, looking really hard at him, he looks like one of the security guards that didn't get murked. Hmm, all right. Was he the one that I told to lay down on the ground and let me handcuff him? Yes, he was. He was he was your buddy who kept dabbing at you. He was my friend. I just kind of give him a, one of those looks of, I don't know what's going on, but I'm watching you. And then I, I look back at, at Lenny not giving that expression, obviously. Sorry, Lenny, I must be really tired. Probably snubbling, shoveling too much snow or something. See, I'm even skipping over my words. They're just all over the place. Maybe I just need some coffee if Terry will give me some of the espresso beans. He just looks at you and goes, yeah, we'll talk. Uh, everybody else hears, oh, yeah, of course I can give your buddy some espresso beans. Hey, hey, Lenny, did I ever tell you about that time that I uh, went to the moon with, with Stanley Kubrick? Duh. What, what were y'all doing up there? Oh, we were filming the moon landing. Of course, of course. I, I knew they staged it on the moon. It looked that's some real good setting right there. Like, you can't beat that. Not gonna get that in the studio. So, of course, they had to stage the moon landing on the moon. That makes sense. Well, it's not really just that. It's that Stanley Kubrick's such a perfectionist that he insisted on actually shooting on location. Dude, I wanted to walk into this scene, but I think I'm perfectly content just listening to the crazy that's going on. <laughs> Anybody who's on the scene is welcome to roll Perception plus Subterfuge at difficulty 9. Uh, so that basically means uh, Cody, because uh, Christina knows the, the the secret. Well, it's anyone who notices the lapse. Technically, there's been some double speech going on, and there is a chance that Leonard might have noticed. So I'm going to have him roll. I just wanted to give that as a reminder. Cody, if you could give me perception plus subterfuge difficulty nine, 3D10. All right. Oh, no. Okay, so the thing that might have happened does not happen. Terry continues to talk to you uh, as Terry Wood uh, explains about how Stanley Kubrick is such a perfectionist. He also explains his theory on how that uh, AI, the movie uh, from Steven Spielberg, was actually, uh, and I believe this is actually true, was actually uh, written originally by Stanley Kubrick and was supposed to be Stanley Kubrick's attempt at making a Steven Spielberg movie. Because weirdly, those two were actually really close friends, despite having completely different cinematic take, hot takes on like how cinema should work. Yeah. That's real interesting, Terry, but uh, what what brings... Did you come to celebrate Christmas with us? Oh yeah, I totally came to celebrate Christmas with you. I just couldn't wait to hold, hold out. There there just been a convergence going on. Uh, Cass, you actually hear the same thing. Okay. He, he is no longer double-talking, though he has calmed down his gesticulation. Lenny, uh... Lenny, I, I hate I hate to be the, the the Delphi of bad news for you, bud. But uh, could you go could you go finish up your friend's work doing doing the doing the snow? Oh yeah, yeah, I can do that real quick. He thumbs ups you and turns to Cass and like motions towards like a private room. I'm gonna go with him. It, it's concerning how much he knows about my house, isn't it? He uh, so he goes into a private room there. Um locks the door and then uh drops the drops the uh the assumed identity and uh looks you in the eye i assume all i see is just a mild like shimmer or something more or less yeah you just see a mild shimmer as the dynamic warping drops and he looks to you and he adjusts his tie and just like all right so i was actually coming up here to thank you i didn't realize that you were the same as me this is really weird so uh, You're about to ask how long this has been going on, right? Well, it's one of those things of how I, I'm new to this. So how come I could see you? It, it was a little hazy, but like I could still plainly see you. But everybody else saw Terry. Like I know how mine works, but does that work with everyone who's like me? Uh, yeah, pretty much. If if you do one of one of those things, if you pretend to be someone else, 
Everybody that isn't one like us sees you. Huh. Interesting. I just, I haven't really met anyone else like me yet. Oh, well, uh, what, uh, what title did, uh, what title did you choose from the fates? Uh, like my uh, official title? Yeah, yeah, your official title. Are we supposed to tell people that? Uh, yeah, that was always uh, like a big deal. That's how that we identify ourselves. Uh, Veiled Fragment of Etched Moments. Holy shit, that is way cooler than mine. What's yours? Okay, you're not allowed to laugh at me. I make no promises, but I will try. Okay, so my, like, super secret spy name is James Bond. Original. (laughs) It was the only thing I could think of. It happened while I was getting beat up in the cinema. Were you seeing a movie with James Bond in it? I was. That makes sense. Maybe we could think of something better later and it could change? No, it's all official. The paperwork's been done. Right. You know you know how they are about paperwork. More or less. Yeah, so um to explain, um, this happened probably um about two months ago. So, you know, I uh, I you know, I cleaned up a little bit. Uh so but so but I've been using the been using the Terry persona. I mean, technically that's still my name, but it's not who I identify with. It's weird how that works, right? So You've been Terry this whole time, or you've just been, you're just currently pretending to be Terry? No, I've been Terry this whole time, but once I switched to being James Bond, Terry stopped really being a thing, but I could identify as my old self. So how come I can tell now who you are, but I couldn't before? Because uh, I, this thing happened to me two months ago. Your thing, if I recall, happened in September. Mine happened at the end of October. That makes sense. Brain's not, wasn't aligning time lines quite right, but that makes sense. It's fine. You've been in the New York cold and you guys have been just absolute fantastic to watch. I love it. You're, you're, you're all an inspiration. Well, I also kind of mess with time so maybe my perception of it is a little weird sometimes yeah have you been getting like yelled at by the city and or other people about how that you've broken some sort of fucking law yeah yeah you... yeah that's been happening to me too it's it's neat to meet somebody else like me yeah i mean i just wanted to i wanted to come and check on leonard i hadn't seen him in a little bit it's it's real it's really nice having a salary again i'm gonna be honest what department do you specialize in uh right now i'm specializing in spiritual affairs um serenities Ah, okay that makes more sense yeah i've been uh my uh my ability to scrounge up food and everything has been uh really helpful i've been out in the woods uh in rural new york i was actually out helping a uh tribe of guru uh the other day um guru uh shapeshifters werewolves yeah, we're uh, yeah, uh, a little better. Yeah, uh, werewolves are totally real. Yeah, uh, they they kind of captured me. It was an accident. I was uh, I, I I got in the wrong dumpster right after the whole exalted thing and uh, or uh, uh, not exalted thing. Shit, he doesn't say that. Uh, after the whole uh, cinema incident, because I was hungry and there was some guy who said that he is a gnar of bones who captured me and then brought me to his tribe. Saying that I was some kind of uh, devil beast. Gnawer of bones? Yes, like he gnaws on bones. That's how he identified. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, it's, uh, it, I'm, I'm gonna be real with you. It's, it's a little rough out there just being, just being by myself. I mean, I guess I got lucky and ended up with all these people. Yeah, yeah, having, having, having the support groups real good. But I mean, you know, Leonard's always been good to me too, but, uh, I'll, I'll never forget that. So uh, can you uh, maybe keep it on the down low? I want Leonard to still treat me as just Terry. I don't want to be. Uh, it's not that I don't appreciate your crew, but like I kind of got this thing going on with the Guru. Like that's kind of been real useful. They're 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 talking about the Red Star and everything. Like they're they're gearing up for an apocalypse, and I'm I'm not here to help, but I'm here to help protect people. Fair. I mean, as long as you don't give me a reason not to say something to him. But I also don't think he would believe it either. Lenny's a Lenny's a real trust and soul, and I love him for it. But uh, yeah, just maybe just for, <laughs> I know you're not going to forget that I was here. But uh, just let him know that uh, after dinner today, I'll uh, I'll be I'll be out of your hair for a bit. I'll say you're going to go visit some other 
some other friends that you made some some new friends that you could spend time with while he's here or something like that. Technically not a lie, the best kind of lie. Yep. It's pretty true. Uh yeah, if I figure out any other stuff, uh you'll be the first one I get in contact with then. I've I've met anyone else like us. I was honestly really surprised when you started uh asking who the hell I was if I'm going to be honest. Yeah, uh okay, so just just to clarify, why Brennan, you said he was at the the heist, right? Yes, he was. Why were you, you just following us when you were at the museum or I was doing some work for um for some yeah, yes, I was asked to follow you. I'm sorry. By who? He kind of so listen, I hadn't had uh, a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of money in a while, so I kind of took a job from the first person who came to me. It's from uh, uh, this lady Olivia, uh, real real rich lady, approached me in the dark uh, a little bit after the uh, after the theater incident. Olivia got a last name. Uh, according to the check that she wrote me, which by the way had like six digits on it, it's Jameson. Brendan, I assume that name doesn't sound at all familiar to me, right? It does not currently. It will eventually. Can you describe her to me? Pale, red hair, has a lot of money, dresses like she doesn't, uh, like, like she has too much money. Um, I went to her office. It was, uh, it was nice. Uh, hadn't been up that high on the, uh, the One World Trade Center before. So that's a interesting thing. Hmm. You said she had red hair? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Well, do you think she's dangerous? Because I might have to investigate her if she's... Oh, incredibly. Lovely. Well, wouldn't be the first time. Anything else you can kind of tell me? Any weird vibes you got from her? Do you think she's like us? Uh, no, I don't think that she's like you. I think that she's uh, something else. Uh uh, I asked the uh, I asked my new buddies out in the force about him. Uh, the, the, those guys said that she's uh, worm tainted. I don't know what that really means, but like that's what they said. Worm tainted. Why does that sound familiar? Hmm. I guess I'll just have to figure it out. Uh, but that uh, yeah, really hasn't been a whole lot. Uh, oh, you know, I'm sure I'm sure you all figured this out, but don't do not go in the fucking subway. Shit is going down in there. Yeah, uh, I wish I could give you more information about it, but I don't know what's safe to tell people. Well, that's fair. Uh, I'll, uh, if, if you get anything, he kind of like, he kind of whips out a smartphone and like, just kind of like looks at you and is like, here's my number. And like, basically does whatever, does the thing to like, give people, you, you know, your number. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it in my phone and let them know I, I don't get service out here. Unless I'm in in New York trying to fix this shit up, we can uh, we can figure things out. If you get any info on it, just let me know. I'll do my best. Okay. Uh, And with that, uh, Terry leaves uh, to go and hang out uh, and scrounge through the fridge like a real human being. While at the same time, Leonard is outside singing a singing a sweet home tune as uh, Simple Man Freebird is providing a backup. Every now and again, he's just like, bark, 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 Wonderful. I'm glad that you like this rendition. Yeah. Pretty, is there, was there anything before that you got out, before you got forced to shovel snow, is there anything that you wanted to do? Not that I can think off the top of my head. Okay. I wanted to ask because things are about to get serious real fucking quick. Yeah. So, Leonard, you're out there with Simple Man Freebird. Uh, you're singing a sweet home country tune and shoveling snow. The trees shake with the sudden gust of wind as the blizzard picks up a little bit more. And your cast mark begins to itch. Well then. You know that you are far enough away from Liv that he does not bother you. You look around and he's certainly not coming out to greet you or help you. Uh, in this endeavor, the cast march. The cast mark continues to itch. Live, much, much like Watergate, does not bother you. Ha. Ha. I'm gonna roll a perception alertness check. Yeah, I can do that. Difficulty is going to be a uh, seven because the blizzard's give, giving you a little bit of trouble with uh, visibility. One success. All right. 
Let me roll a stealth check on this character. Four successes. Wow. Well, how how did you? Well, it's three, so you didn't call it exactly. Oh, so the DC's higher than six. Uh, yeah. Uh, I I wanted to give them the same DC because uh, snow crunching and everything. I tried. I tried guessing on a normal roll. I would have been right. Lenny, you continue to shovel snow. Um, you can uh, as that whatever it is is approaching continues to get closer. Um, your cast mark itches more and more, more than you've ever felt it even around Liv. It gets to the point that it is hard not to try and scratch it. I'm gonna there... look up and put my mask on. I know it doesn't help, but it's my crime fighting mask. There you go, so then you'll get, uh, once you go into, if you, if once you go into combat, you will get, like, basically hey, there's a creature of darkness. Look, mister, I don't know where you are, but I'll give you Three steps. Three steps towards that door. Is <sighs> just what it is tonight that we're doing? I knew you were going to get it. You put that, that mask on, and while that it doesn't activate just yet, Cody, please make me a perception and alertness roll at difficulty eight. Oh, wait. Alertness do you, is do you... one of my excellences. Oh, well, shit. I'm going to spend an essence on a willpower. Oh, well, shit. Set it with difficulty eight. Uh, yes. So, two. I'm going to say that that's enough to see the attack coming, which means that you get... Well, I'm going to roll I'm gonna roll their stealth again. This one is going to be at a difficulty seven because they're, you know... You know that they're there, but they're still using the blizzard to uh, cover them. Oof. You do not see the attack coming, meaning that you would not get the opportunity to defend. But... I can spend an essence and be ready in eight directions and counter after they finish hitting me. That is completely correct. Are you going to do that? Yes. Here comes the attack. I will describe it to you in just a moment. That is ten successes. Ten successes of knives that are being thrown from all over you. Like, suddenly there is a dome of knives that are just coming in at you. And as that the knives are thrown, you can hear a uh, a, man, a man's voice echoing through and just goes, Now come on there, little buddy. You're not going to stop me from going where I want to go. <laughs> I'm here to escort the little old lady. And the knives come in, Cody. So it's ten. My stamina is... Four, so I soak four of that? You have to actually roll for it. Oh, gotcha. Um, and I have to actually roll damage. Gotcha. Because I've got no defense, so I'm just eating it, right? Correct. Because you had no idea this was coming. It is going to deal seven damage to you before soak. I want to soak two of it. Wow, that's some lethal. Eh, I'm only injured. From six damage? Or from five damage? Yeah, bud. Ox body. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Okay. Um, you now see a the silhouette of a man uh, in the snow in front of you. Uh, you have no idea how that he managed to basically 360 degree throw knives at you and still be about 20 feet away from you. But he's there now and you know that his presence is there. I'm going to pull the knife out of my shoulder and just look at him. I see you still haven't taken those three steps, though. There is a form next to him that starts moving forward. And he just kind of, <laughs> well, if you want to try and stop me, kid, you're welcome to. When you say form, how is JoJo is that form? Are we going to have a stand battle? Uh, no, there is a form that's uh, leaning over. It looks like it's a little bit hurt, but it's looking to just start walking towards the, uh, walking towards the house. The, uh, the blizzard is obscuring anything else. Like, a lot of finer details are missed right now. Heard. Well, I'm gonna take the knife and uh, close the distance for that counterattack. Okay. And knives are dexterity-based? Uh, yes, dexterity and melee. What's his defense? Oof. Um, his defense uh, is going to be uh, ten dice. That's five for Cody and zero for this guy. Yes, and because I've only attacked one opponent this turn, that five is doubled when it comes to damage. Correct. Go ahead. 
So Lenny's just gonna walk up to the guy, pulling the knife out of his shoulder, and go to cut a motherfucker with his own damn knife. Three damage before soak. Okay, so now that you are this close to this person, you get up close to this man who is there in is standing in the snow, uh, un uncaring about the weather, in jeans, wingtip shoes, and a bowling shirt that is open across his chest. You've never seen this man before, but he looks vaguely familiar. Like there's some sort of familial resemblance to someone that you know. He has an unhinged look to him. And as that he blocks with a uh, leather or with a, uh, a metal bracer that he had underneath his bowling shirt, he goes to grab the uh, he goes to grab the uh, the knife out of your hand with a strength roll uh, with a contested just straight strength roll or I guess strength and athletics uh, difficulty six. He gets three successes. He is unable to uh, get it. And he just kind of <laughs> no wonder my little niece keeps you around. You're so very useful. Go on, girl. You can get back to you can get back to your home. I think that I've completed my mission. And the woman who's walking by just uh, walks over and smacks you upside the head the way your mama would have smacked you. Ma? Leonard, what in the hell are you doing trying to attack my escort? You know I just got back from, from Bangladesh. And this sweet young man just wanted to escort me through the blizzard. Well... But, but Ma, but Ma, what? My forehead says he's a bad guy, and he was sneaking. What am I supposed to do? You're in a blizzard, Mister Van Zant. Of course he's sneaking. He's trying to be quiet. What What would happen if we attracted some some temperamental air spirits? She smacks you across the head again. But why Why does he make Why does he make my forehead itch? Oh, well, I could probably explain that a little bit. I've been meaning to come by and see my niece. And uh, Miss Van Zandt did say that <laughs> she's staying with you all. So uh, can I get through? Hi, n nice to meet you. Name's Dylan. I fucking knew it. God damn it. Uh, do you let them pass? No, I'm going to stop my mom from going into her own house. <laughs> I mean, your choice, bud. Your fucking funeral. I'm gonna give my big hug. I'm glad you're home. I was worried. It's nice to see you too. And then uh, follow them back inside. So at this point, the whole group is gathered, and Mama Van Zant and Dylan Bartello come in. Uh, Marcy, as soon as that you see your uncle, um, one of your ghosts starts freaking the fuck out. Oh, am I still wear? I'm still wearing the stuff. Which ghost? The one that you couldn't, until now, really focus on. Ooh, ooh. But now that you're looking at your uncle, and then you look at the ghost, you notice that a lot of their features are really similar. Oh, no. The ghost um, is very unhappy. It's screaming. I can't hear it, because my glasses and beanie don't let me hear them. Um, I'm going to look at the area where the ghost is at. And just kind of, like, perk a brow. And then, like, look at my uncle. And, like, point at the area that the ghost is at while looking at my uncle and being like, Can you see this? And why is it freaking out? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Marcy, darling. How have you been? Um, okay. What are you doing here? Oh, well, uh, this lovely uh, filly asked me to escort her back home, you know, because of the blizzard and everything. The, uh... The, the the lady who he has escorted in uh, blushes just in time for uh, eight uh, eight grown women to come running down the screen, running down the stairs, screaming, Ma, you're back! And basically jump tackle them. Hey, Brendan. Yes. Am I nearby? Yes, you are. How does, uh, is Dylan a weirdo to me? How do you mean? Does he feel, like, odd or similar? Obviously, he's a weirdo, but is he, like... You said a ghost freaked out when he got around, and he made Lenny's head itch. Is he an abyssal? He 
he is something similar to you, but not exactly. Is he different than when we saw him in the alleyway? Yes, he is. Uh, not physically different. He's still keeping up all of his mannerisms and everything. But there is something off about since the last time you saw him in Alumni Week. You know, the whole creature of darkness thing. Yeah, yeah. I got, I've got, I get that now. He looks over to Mama Van Sant, who is currently in a cuddle pile of uh, eight of her daughters. And he just goes, so, uh, Miss Indiana Van Zant, how much should I tell the kids? I'm going to look at both of them very confused and, like, not sure what's going on. He, uh, did I hear Indiana Van Zant? You did hear Indiana Van Zant. So, if my ghost is freaking out, they're still staying by me, but, like, freaking out? Or did they, like... They're still staying by you and freaking out. There are some, uh... There's some cutlery that's rattling. What about my other ghost? Is he just chilling? He's just chilling, watching what's happening. Um, uh, there's a muffled, yeah, tell the kids whatever you want. So Dylan is going to walk past everyone um, and go straight to Marcy. All right, Marcy, dear, don't take this the wrong way, but I just wanted to let you know, um, and this is going, this might hit a little hard, but your uncle's dead. What? Yes, your uncle died a couple months ago. Uh, he had an explore. He had a very bad time in the subway system. Thought he could take out whatever was down there. Th- who are you? I am a name that cannot be spoken aloud. My motherfucking demon. <laughs> uh, yes, course. actually. Of course, he's a demon. <laughs> yes, actually, there. That that is actually very on point. I am a fallen angel possessing possessing your uh, your dead uncle's corpse. God damn it, Brendan! What? Miss Van Zandt said that I could tell everything, and uh, it's not like I'm bound to Lucifer, so whatever. Oh my um, god. It's gonna be my- in pulling the knives out of myself. The ghost that's been haunting me is my uncle. Yep. <laughs> Man, I'm gonna call it now. Brendan's gonna fuck my family sideways. I can feel it in my bones. <laughs> what gives you that fucking idea, Tyler? Oh man, my normal family from Wisconsin. I'm, I'm, I, I know it's coming, Brendan. You haven't fooled me. So wait. The way that I will fool you is by not doing it. That that could be. That would be surprising. So going back to the person talking to me. So was that you or my uncle that talked to me back during alumni week? Alumni week, your uncle was still there. He thought that he could take on whatever was in the subway. He was wrong. I came in and made sure that this form didn't go to waste. Marcy I probably is going to have a very hurt expression on her face. He uh the thing that is that is puppeting your uncle looks to you and goes, I promise you. Miss Bartello, I didn't take his... I, I didn't kill him. I just... I was r- running from something else, and your uncle was there, and he his form called to me, and I took charge. For what it matters. Um, all of his memories of you, all of his stuff has uh, suffused with my own uh, personality. And I still hold a great respect and love for you. Uh, I'm sure that it's not the same, but for what it matters, you're my, uh, like, the best way I can put it is, he speaks with air quotes, you're my niece, and I would protect you the way that he would. Marcy's just gonna nod, um, not quite sure how to take all this information in. Um, she's also gonna look towards the, I guess, the ghost of her uncle, now that she knows, um, is he still freaking out? He is uh, being consoled by the other ghost. Gotcha. And I'm gonna look back to him and be like, "Right, thank you." I guess this is this is a lot to process. Oh, I wouldn't say that. Uh, Indiana still has something, some things to say to you all. The girls have finished. Uh, jumping on their mother and uh, enjoying the comfort of knowing that their mother is alive, uh, despite the fact that she looks beat to hell. 
She stands up and she looks to you all and goes, all right, good day, y'all. Uh, which one of y'all is the best cook besides my girls? I could really use a, uh, I really use a good pot of coffee if any of y'all know, know one. Cass has just been sitting, flipping through a book, occasionally looking up at the weirdness that's going on, just points to live. He's got a caffeine problem. He could probably make a good cup of joe. I do consume a lot of coffee. All right, then, cutie, if you could uh, get your patootie into gear and uh, make mama a cup of coffee, I'd real appreciate that. <laughs> Liv kind of just, like, ha- has a hard time, like, fighting against this and when he's, like, staying in this woman's home. So I guess he goes and makes some coffee. Uh, the girls kind of congregate around as coffee is brewed and uh, everything go- goes on. Um, At some point after I make Mama Van Zandt a cup of coffee, I'm probably going to like heal Cody or roll medicine to help, help patch up Cody. Okay, yeah, that's a good call. Uh, do that. Uh, difficulty six. Okay. And I also said that Marcy's probably just kind of finds herself a seat and is like staring off into space occasionally lo- looking between, like, her ghost uncle and her not-uncle and then the rest of the people and just kind of trying to process her favorite uncle slash person, mentor, whatever, just being dead. Yeah. Um, At the end of the day, Cody will have healed uh, three lethal plus whatever his regular exalted uh, healing rate is. Darth feeling really weird fuzzy feelings from having actually, like, you know, prevented someone's potential death. You get That's a little bit notable to everyone because you get a little bit of a feeling, but you know that uh, given Leonard's um, physique and the fact that he has ox body technique, he wasn't as close to death if he, as you think he was. Yeah, he, right. A regular ass person would be dead. It's pretty notable, though, from like anyone who's been around Liv for a period of time, that like normally Abyssal shouldn't be able to like provide like mending or aid. Not not really a thing they do. Aw, how sweet! Telling Demon Daddy to fuck off for us. While that uh, Mama Van Zant uh, sips her coffee, uh, Dylan or the thing puppeting Dylan looks around and just goes, well, <laughs> do you all have any questions for me before I secede the floor to, uh, Miss Van Zandt? One, what are you? Two, how did you guys meet? Uh, well, I'm a, uh, I believe I already said this, but, <laughs> and I mean this with the utmost sincerity and not saying this as a, uh, he kind of looks around and like, pushes a hand through his nice dark hair. A thing on how that my appearance looks, but uh, I'm a fallen angel. And as far as how I met Miss Van Zandt, she uh, came through a... She came through a portal through... The best that I could tell, it was a hell dimension. Beat up worse than what that she is now. It took me a month to patch her up. And all that she could think about and say, and he looks around at the girls and at Leonard, is I just hope that my family's okay after what the we did. Mama Van Zant blushes and uh, stands up and smacks uh, Dylan. Dylan, I told you not to say things like that. Don't go blabbing a young lady's secrets. She sits down with a sigh and looks to you all. Now listen here, we're... I apologize about everything that's gone on, and I see what that this has caused to my family. Not just my girls, but my boy. Didn't think you had it in you, Leonard, to become like us, but, you know, you showed, you showed everyone. You're better. Nah, Ma. I'm just an angel. <laughs> Leonard, that's... Leonard, you're precious, and I always told you to read those books, and you never did. You always just wanted to play with your dog. And I'm going to let you know right now, you're not an angel. I mean, you're my angel, but you're not an angel. That's not what the big guy in heaven told me. Dylan uh, Dylan kind of laughs, and he goes, <laughs> Yeah, but if you were an angel, I'd fucking remember you. To be fair, I don't remember seeing you in heaven either. 
That's because we rebelled to give people free will. That's not what my Religion 101 teacher told me. Yeah, well, your Religion 101 teacher's wrong. Yeah, he probably was. He was wrong on a lot of stuff. He said other religions existed. And that it wasn't just one god. Crazy. Mama Van Zant and Dylan kind of look and then look to you and just go, yeah, we'll, we'll deal with that later. Mama takes a moment and looks to you all and just goes, do y'all remember about three, four months back? We had, uh, there was a big old, uh, there's a big old, uh, planet-wide, uh, communications interruption. Happened about September. Yep. That was us. We did a thing that we regret. Uh, I, as the head of the Van Zant family and the rest of the other uh, dragon-blooded families of the world, got together and decided to unleash the Black Vault up in the Himalayas. Uh, there were some other consequences to that, though. We woke up the Guardian. Cass is just sitting there waiting for her to elaborate more, because this all sounds like we're missing a huge chunk of it. There was an old creature guarding the vault. We had to let it free before we could let the uh, the things out to save the world. It was the only thing. It was it was what we had been tasked with was to guard the black vault and never open it. Well, it's all the signs and portents coming due, the red star and what have you, the Gru getting up, up in arms, the Night Society getting all crazy about Wormwood, the... The, the order of reason getting much more violent as the uh, as the insane and the dark and depraved started to become more common. We had to we had to open up a thing. We didn't realize there was a guardian to it though. Something called well, in the old speech, it was Zapathosaura. Anyone who has a cult and has been reading in. The Van Zant Library, you are welcome to give me an intelligence and occult roll at a difficulty of seven. That includes Christina, who might enjoy this. I only got one success. I got two. <clears throat> wow. So Marcy doesn't know this, but Cass and Liv do recognize the name of Zapathosaura as an alias for another creature that is written down about the Night Society. A creature called Ravnos. <gasps> why? I didn't read the right books. What do you mean, why? Never mind. I'll talk about it later. Mama Van Zant then goes on to describe how that the Order of Reason and the Far East uh, bloodsuckers, the will workers of the East, and the tradition mages, as well as demons from the far reaching hells all came together to destroy this one being. She describes a battle that lasts for three days and requires five nuclear weapons, experimental technocracy weapons, three demons from Atlantis, and uh, a bunch of foot soldiers getting wiped out before this thing could get taken down. When her story concludes about the horrors of that day, how that the sun never set even when that it should have because of the amount of explosions and gunfire and magic coursing through the air. It dawns on you all that the Order of Reason had covered it up as saying that it was a simple nuclear explosion in the Rupor district of Bangladesh. No, they had awoken something from before the antediluvian floods. They had woken something up from the time of the Old Testament and Cain. And it took all of their combined might to take down one of these. And Cass, you know from the information that you've gotten and your time in the Van Zant Library that another one of these is in existence real close by. Are we talking about uh, Sewer Zemisi? We are talking about Sewer Zemisi. Uh, I'm going to look at her. She's done talking now, right? Yes, she is done talking now. I'm going to look at her and be like, well, uh, that's one. There's another one in the sewers. <laughs> that's probably who uh, 
uh, Uncle Dylan ran into. <laughs> That's definitely who that Uncle Dylan ran into. Yeah, that was not a good time. But yeah. Now then, kids, I just realized Cody mentioned he's going to the bathroom, so I should probably wait for him. No, the reason I was just like, what? Because Zath Pazura is a, a Ravnos thing, which is Ravnos is one of my favorite clans. Yes, I'm I'm literally talking about canon uh, Week of Nightmares bullshit. Because the uh, the time that uh, canon-wise for Old World of Darkness, that uh, the Dragonblooded decide to uh, unleash the Black Vault, which is where all of the other exaltations are stored, lines up exactly with the Week of Nightmares, which is when that Ravnos comes out and just starts fucking up India. I'm sorry, Bangladesh. I totally... Also, I, I understand that this is a lot to drop on you guys all at once. Dude, you killed my uncle. I didn't kill your uncle. Zemisi killed your uncle. And Ravnos tried to kill Cody's mom. Ravnos did try to kill Cody's mom. Yo, third generation vampires are nothing to fuck around with. I mean, it's not the only one. There's other ones. And and we're just glancing over the fact that my friend isn't telling me about my best friend being a sidereal. We are just <laughs> glancing over that, yes. Yeah. Appreciate it. I mean, it's not like he's dead and got possessed by a demon, so it's a little different. Ouch. Yeah, he's just possessed by a angel. Just like me. Totally what's happening. Mama's back, and after finishing telling you all the story about how that she uh, escaped Bangladesh and all of that kind of stuff, she turns to you all and she just goes, Well, how can I help y'all? Y'all are the, uh... She... Knowing how exalts are, she can tell not necessarily maybe what that some of you are, but definitely what that Leonard and Marcy are. There's a feeling about them that the dragon blooded get. I know y'all are. I know y'all are meant to lead. So how can we support? Stay safe while I punch to death. You know that's not how we do this. Well, Ma, you asked the question. I love you. I don't want you getting hurt again. We need to be able to fight the good fight, Lenny. Hey, Brendan. Yes. Out of character question, um, I still have that throwaway cell phone for calling my uncle one use for reasonable weapons. Would that still work with Demon Uncle? Um, yes, but it might also just summon the Demon Uncle to do, like, combat for you as a summon. Damn it, Brendan. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Mama Van Zant looks around to all of you. So what's y'all's plan? What are y'all gonna do? I mean, after this winter break, so... Mama, you told me when I was young to come sit beside you and listen closely to what you said, because it'll help me some sunny day. Troubles will come and they'll pass, but we're gonna do what we always do. We're just gonna be a simple kind of hero. You know, Leonard, I appreciate that. As an old lady that I am of... In my middle ages of 750 years old. Holy shit. Yo, Dragonblood's live a fucking long time. I did mention that she was around during the middle ages when she was still young. It explains why the house is so big. She probably had so many kids since then. Probably, yeah. But Leonard, I've been living on the edge so long. Where those winds, where the winds of limbo roar. And I'm young enough to look at. I'm far too old to see. I really appreciate what you're doing here, Leonard. Taking the fight. Because all the scars are on the inside. Because I'm not sure there's anything left in me. Well, that's the most poetic thing that I've heard since you whipped me for going out to see Curtis Lowe perform. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Holy shit. Cody, that's so deep. That's deep, y'all. That's also an insert song. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Lenny's dad was a real Mr. Breeze. <laughs> Listen here, if you guys are gonna, if you guys are gonna quote never came back. if you guys are gonna quote Yeehaw songs at me, I'm gonna quote uh, fucking prog rock songs at you. That's fair. Okay, I've actually never heard that song. Yeah, but you know what? I don't fear the Reaper. And that's where the end now. <laughs>
Hey guys, Brendan here with a few announcements. First, we're still running our small competition from now until May 9th, 2021. I will be giving bonus experience to the players in my next campaign from listener participation. How do you help them become like a dragon blooded? Well, that's simple. Either comment on Facebook posts or tweets of our episodes with your answers to these simple questions. What was the naming scheme for our heist episodes? That's episodes 11 through 16. And what was the theme for our latest story arc? Uh, that's episodes 17 through 21. Every correct answer will get our players an extra bonus experience at game start. Second is that our theme song for this game is Epic Blockbuster 2 by Raphael Crux. Other music in this episode was provided by Kevin McLeod, Kai Angle, David Hillowitz, Midair Machine, and Alexander Nakarada. If you liked what you heard, subscribe to us on your podcatcher of choice. Let your friends, family, and pets know about our wacky shenanigans and help us teach Skynet that even small podcasts can succeed with a few likes and reviews. And finally, for making it this far, I saw that cool thing you did, so take some stunt dying.